are listening to Pharmacy IT and Me, your informatics pharmacist podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Pharmacy IT and Me podcast, where we are a podcast about pharmacy informatics and technology. So my name is Tony Dow, your host, and joining me today is our returning guest, Dr. Armin Simonian, who also has a really great announcement to share. So thank you so much for being on the podcast again today, Armin. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Tony. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, you know, just before we talk about your uh, your really cool project, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself for those who may not have uh, heard you or known of you yet? Right. We kind of went over that in the first uh, podcast on Pharmacy IT and Me, but try to do it quickly and go back to... Um, graduating from pharmacy school, and I was considering doing a residency, but I was ready to get out there and work. So I started working in acute care. All four years in pharmacy school, I worked in uh, at a community pharmacy. So I went from retail to acute care, did that for um, about six years. And during that time, I had um, worked my way up into pharmacy management as a supervisor. And I was at a hospital that was completely on paper at the time. We were implementing our first electronic health record. And my director put me in charge of the pharmacy module for that EHR. And I ended up uh, going back and taking night classes in telecommunications and programming and computer basics. And I ended up loving that stuff so much that I quit my job and took a huge cut in pay and went and did a one-year residency in pharmacy computer systems. That was before we called it pharmacy informatics. After finishing the residency, there were no jobs for a pharmacy informaticist. So I started doing some contract programming work and at the same time, continued to work as a pharmacist, clinical pharmacist, to keep up my pharmacy skills. And finally, a few years after finishing the residency, uh, a position opened up at a 1,000-bed hospital that was a full-time pharmacy computer specialist. And again, that institution was on paper for pharmacy. They had paper profiles, and they were trying to implement their first pharmacy system. They had failed a few times, so they figured they needed to hire somebody who was a specialist in the area to implement their systems. And I was successful at doing that. And then about six years later after that, I ended up going to a multi-hospital system and being the corporate-level pharmacy informaticist um, at that institution. All along the way, I've continued to do per diem work as a pharmacist because I think it's really important for a pharmacy informaticist to also keep up their pharmacy skills. You can't automate pharmacy unless you really know pharmacy workflow. And so I've always tried to keep my hand in it. And the last phase uh, of my very rewarding career has been to make the jump from uh, practice as a pharmacy informaticist to uh, academia and teaching pharmacy informatics and pharmacy school. And that's basically where I'm at right now. That's really cool. Actually, before we talk about your project, I did want to say that um, I, I really agree with you in terms of like practicing as a pharmacist still and then doing the informatics work. I was always curious actually about those out there who are able to just work in the informatics side, I guess, like solely, right? So like for you, like how often did you actually work as a per diem to keep those skills up for 
your ability to work as an informatics pharmacist? Well, when I took my first job as a pharmacy informaticist, it was pretty intense and I was green. I was learning a lot of things. And so I wasn't able to really work that much. But once I went to uh, the multi-hospital system, what I would do is work uh, shifts, maybe one or two shifts a week. Um, either in the evening after my main work was done or on the weekends. And they had uh, six hospitals, uh, all different practice areas. So I was a per diem pharmacist at a psych hospital. I was also um, working at a women and neonatal hospital where they had a, a pretty large NICU. And then I worked at the main uh, acute care hospital that took care of the patients um, with the major disease states. Um, so it was uh, very interesting, and to answer your question, uh, you know, I tried to put in, you know, anywhere from eight to twelve hours a week um, doing pharmacy practice, and I, I was able to maintain that for a while. There were times when it got so busy with the informatics projects that I had to put that on hold, but I tried to maintain that because, as we've we've said, it's just really important to be a good pharmacist if you're going to be a good pharmacy informaticist. That's really cool. So let's let's switch gears and talk about your your project. So I'll let you you talk about it now. But you have a really cool project that you released a couple of months now, and it's still ongoing. So um, can you just tell the listeners a little bit about what that is? Yeah, when I first uh, made the leap to academia, I started teaching at a, a new pharmacy school, and they have a required course in pharmacy informatics, and I had to develop that course from scratch. And at the time, I was also curious, this was about six years ago, about uh, other schools of pharmacy across the country and how much they were teaching in terms of pharmacy informatics. So after a lot of research, I realized that only one-fourth of the schools in the country have a required pharmacy informatics course. And I thought that was crazy because as a pharmacist now, as soon as you start working, um, everything you do is on the computer with electronic health records and e-prescribing, CPOE, clinical decision support. And then we have all kinds of automation. We have robots making IVs and we have automated dispensing cabinets and smart pumps. If you're not familiar with these tools and competent in the use of them, then you're at a disadvantage when you start working as a pharmacist. So I really think it's important. And I kind of went on a, a crusade to to see if we could get pharmacy informatics taught at every pharmacy school in the nation. So I started uh, doing presentations at CSHP seminar and ASHP mid-year. I also did a national webinar. And uh, after these presentations and after actually the podcast that I did with you the first time, I got a lot of questions from students who were asking, you know, if if I don't have a pharmacy informatics course at my school of pharmacy, how do I get that basic knowledge? And I didn't have a lot of good answers for them. I also was contacted by pharmacists who were looking to make a transition from being a staff pharmacist and getting into pharmacy informatics. And they were asking the same question, where do I go for that you know, introductory basic knowledge about pharmacy informatics to try and figure out what it's all about? Yeah. And then finally, late last year, uh, NABP released the new competencies uh, that are being tested on on the NAPLEX. And for the first time, I saw pharmacy informatics there as a topic that's being tested on the NAPLEX. So everything just kind of came together. I really was wanting to do this for a while. I wanted to take all that experience and knowledge that I've accumulated over, you know, 
two or three decades of pharmacy informatics uh, practice and pass that on to the next generation. And I was doing that at one school, but I figured I was really, um, it was almost like a professional obligation to me to really spread that word and teach it um, at every school. So, so what I decided to do was start a YouTube channel, the Pharmacy Informatics Professor 2020. And, um, and I've taken um, the topics that I lecture on in my course in pharmacy informatics and condense that information. Um, just, I present the, the very basics. I take an hour or two hour lecture and condense it down to 15 minutes. And I cover all the major topics that I teach in the course. And I've also now gone beyond that and taught some of the things that I was doing um, when I had a IPI and API rotation at my last institution. Uh, I had students doing uh, APIs and pharmacy informatics, and I would have them do a journal club and do presentations during their rotation. And now I'm doing that on the YouTube channel also. So besides teaching the basics of pharmacy informatics, I've started a, a journal club series where I, at a very high level, talk about some landmark articles and try to relate it to the topics that I've taught in the basic course. So I'm really excited. It's great. This has been extremely fulfilling for me professionally. I feel like I'm uh, adding to the to the knowledge out there, the knowledge base, and um, really helping uh, all students who are interested and pharmacists who want to try and maybe make that transition into pharmacy informatics. So um, it's been a great project for me. I really enjoy doing it. And as you know, uh, with your site, you've done really well, and and you, um, I, I commend you. You serve a lot of people. You serve the profession of pharmacy, and you really talk a lot about our specialty practice of pharmacy informatics. So um, thank you, Tony, because you've done a great job with pharmacy IT and me. And I'm following in your footsteps and trying to do something similar with my channel, the Pharmacy Informatics Professor 2020. You know, that's, uh, well, first of all, thank you for your kind words. <laughs> um, you know, when I started a podcast, I didn't really know who was going to be listening to it, but, uh, I guess there, there is a big reach. And, uh, secondly, the, you know, your, your YouTube channel is really, really good. I've been watching a couple of the, the videos and I think it's just that right amount of detail that, um, people can understand without going like too crazy into like the, the weeds of it where usually you'd be like already working to understand those concepts. So I, I really like that you broke it down. Um, I do want to ask about like, is your channel kind of, uh, does it act more like a, a summary of what you teach or does it act more like a supplement or, um, how does that work? Like, do your current students actually go to your channel too, to, um, to continue learning about what they're learning in class or is it kind of like, the same topics? Well, um, I started the channel basically while I was teaching um, my pharmacy informatics course uh, in the fall semester uh, this last year. And that course um, ended in December. And at the time, I didn't really uh, advertise or tell my students about that channel. They were getting a lot more detail because the channel really is, is more of a summary but it, it is very concentrated. So I do try to really hit the, the most important points that I teach in my course. Obviously, with a three-hour lecture, 
I can do um, a lot more uh, expansion on the topics. And we also do active learning exercises. So I have the students do little uh, programming projects or do research and uh, presentations on different types of automation. So not something that I could do very well on the YouTube channel. Um, but you know, just to make the point that I have been able to condense the information down and kind of summarize it into these 15-minute uh, segments. And what I've done on a topic such as clinical decision support that's pretty involved, I did a series of three parts on clinical decision support so that I was covering more of the information. So you total that up to about uh, 40 minutes of, of video on CDSS, and um, that's a good coverage of that topic. That's awesome. So, and, and you did say that you had a few of the Journal Club series up as well. And I did go over one of them. I, I do want to ask if you can give a preview of like one of those Journal Club videos by, I guess, just letting us know what the topic is and maybe like what you talk about in that particular episode. Sure. The one I did most recently was on social media. So we all know what's been happening with the presidency and the use of uh, Twitter and the, the recent ban of the president from using Twitter and Facebook and other sites. And it really got me thinking. Um, I had read an article that was really about 10 years old about social media for pharmacists. And uh, that article was brutally honest. It listed out all the different blogs. It was focused on blogs at the time. And it talked about the good and the bad out there. They talked about you know, sites that provided information, specific uh, health information, information about medications that patients could view, uh, specialties such as the diabetes pharmacist. And then on the other side, it had a list of sites, uh, blogs, and some of them I believe are still active that, you know, are, are titled The Angry Pharmacist or The Angriest Pharmacist or Your Pharmacist Hates You. You know, at the time that I read that article uh, 10 years ago, I was really kind of surprised that there was kind of all this negative press about pharmacy out there. But people were venting and talking about the fact that they didn't really like their jobs and, and just wanted to be able to express that online. So yeah, it's, it, it was interesting to bring that back and talk about that because it's really, uh, really very relevant based on what's going on today um, in our nation. And, and then the second part of that, besides talking about that article, is a couple of years after that article came out, ASHP put out a statement on the use of social media by pharmacists. So I thought that that was a really good document for any pharmacy student or really any pharmacist to review. You know, um, we're professionals. And I think, you know, I personally believe that whether it's online or face-to-face -face with a patient, we have to maintain our uh, professionalism. Um, there are ways to make change and uh, push the profession forward. And, you know, if you don't like what you see, there are ways to work through that, supporting our uh, representatives in Sacramento and in Washington, D.C., and trying to move the profession in a different direction. But, you know, the negative use of social media is really something that really bothers me a little bit. So I just wanted to talk about that. And so I covered that article and also talked about the ASHP statement. And I thought that would be um, a couple of good things for students and pharmacists to look at to kind of get a perspective on what pharmacists have been doing with social media.
That's awesome. So like there's other like journal clubs that we can expect from from your channel in the future. And I, I guess like uh, what are your plans for the future of the channel this, this year? Well, I'm going to continue focusing in on specific topics. And as you said, you know, the, what I presented in the first 20 or so YouTube episodes was really the basics. But now I'm going back, um, for example, in the near future, I'll go back and talk about passive CDS. So I talked about mostly active CDS, allergy checking and pop-up warnings for drug-drug interactions and um, the such. But you have passive things such as tall man lettering. So I'm going to go back and specifically talk about that and uh, do that kind of more focused approach and discussion of specific topics um, so that I can go a little bit deeper for the student or the pharmacist who wants to go beyond just the basic summary that I gave in the uh, first few episodes to go a little bit deeper on specific topics. And then I will also continue the journal club because there's stuff being published all the time. And there are also a lot of landmark articles out there that um, have been written, you know, surveys that have been done on the level of automation across the country and other things that I thought would be really interesting for people to give them a perspective on how much we've actually automated the medication use process. So I'll continue to read, read, read and um, see if there's anything interesting that's coming out in the journals and then present those uh, in my channel. That's really cool. That helps with people who are, they want to get into the field or want to learn about the field, but, um, you know, may not have time to actually read the, the journal articles like in full. So it's really great that you're providing that as an avenue for them to kind of get like some perspectives from someone working in the field or having experience in the field. So I, I really, uh, I'm looking forward to like just going through those journal articles, uh, journal clubs that you're going to put out in the future too. Welcome to my channel. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, speaking about your channel, how can someone find your channel? Well, um, actually, if you just go out and Google or search on YouTube for Pharmacy Informatics, um, I pop up as one of the sites. Uh, the name is Pharmacy Informatics Professor 2020. So just go to YouTube. The easiest way is just to uh, search for Pharmacy Informatics and you'll see my channel and some other uh, folks out there that have, have put out some content too. Awesome. And then if uh, people wanted to reach out to you for questions, uh, what's the best way that they can reach out to you? I do have a Gmail account set up and it's piprofessor20 at gmail.com. Awesome. Cool. So I'll be putting that into the show notes so people can uh, easily find your channel and a way to contact you. But, you know, to be respectful of your time, thank you so much for taking some time to be on the podcast today and sharing, you know, what you're doing, your, your really cool project that you're doing. Excellent. Thanks so much, Tony. And again, thank you for all of your service to our profession also. All right. If you like our show, please share with your friends or you can help us out by writing a review on Apple Podcasts or any of your other favorite podcasting services. You can also check us out on social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And you can also reach out to me at Tony at PharmacyITME.com. If you want to network, you can check out the Pharmacist Select group at PharmacistConnect.com, which is P-H-A-R-M-A-C-I-S-T-S-C-O-N-N-E-C-T.com. There's different topic channels, including informatics, and I've met some great colleagues on there. And I look forward to connecting with you as well. Thank you again for listening. And I'll see you on the next episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. And remember, technology is a tool. Patient care is the goal. Bye. Bye.